0: where every episode I'm joined by a different guest to talk about a single issue of the comic, Alpha Flight. This time I'm joined by semi-re- semi-returning semi guest, Andy. Andy, could you introduce yourself and then we'll explain why you're semi-returning.
1: Yes, indeed. Hello, uh, Gareth and everybody. My name is Andy Conjewick-Turner. I write um, in amongst other places for Horde Comics and uh, I'm here to talk about Alpha Flight.
0: Excellent. And in terms of semi-returning... This isn't the first Alphapod flight that we've done I was going to say that we've recorded This is hopefully the first one that we've recorded Because we sat for a good hour And talked about issue 7 And I managed to send that recording As it was being made To a folder on my computer which didn't exist And it got lost So um, yes, yeah, The lost episode It is the lost episode We're going to try again with this one In terms of in 7 It's quite helpful actually because um, the episode directly before this one, in terms of when they're coming out, uh, with uh, Rob Plass, he does, he does number eight and does a very neat two-minute summary of everything that happens in seven, um, as he's describing number eight. So uh, we, we haven't... we've only lost our gems of wisdom about the comic.
1: Yeah, all but, objectively right, I heard, as well.
0: Yes, absolutely. And... Um, but the, yeah, so what we're trying to say, um, Alpha Podflight has an official summary of issue 7. It just doesn't have, it won't have an episode of issue 7. Uh, I was going to say that maybe one day it'll come round and start doing duplicates, but I'll be honest, I think my patience would have worn out by then. The yeah. people will just have to live
1: without our in depth discussion of the mating habits of the northern gods.
0: Oh, God, yeah, I'd blocked that out. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um <laughs> so the, what we're going to talk about this time is issue number 79, which came out in mid-December. It's dated mid-December 1989. Uh, it has a writing and art team who's brand new to this podcast and also to me. James D. Hudnall was the writer. John Calamy was the penciler. Mike Manley was the inker. Janice Chang was the letterer. Bob Sharon was the colorist. Mark McLaren was the managing editor. Carl Potts and Danny Fingeroth were the editors. And Tom DeFalco was the chief. That's a solid four editors. Uh, That's quite a lot. Um, Yes, so Andy, uh, before we go any further, what was your history of Alpha Flight before we came to record this particular podcast?
1: (coughs) Um, Yes, so before we started the podcast, I was vaguely aware of of Alpha Flight from their appearance in the 90s X-Men cartoon. There's a double-page spread where they... A double episode, rather, where they go back and try and reclaim their investment on Wolverine. Um, So I was aware of the characters from there. And then a couple of them appear in the Ultimate range. They appear in Ultimate X-Men. I'm not sure. I don't recall if there's any Ultimate Alpha Flight standalone issues, but some of them... I don't
0: think there is. I'm often... Surprised by how many different iterations of Alpha Flight comics there have been but I don't think they had their own Ultimate comic
1: but um, certainly I think some of them appear in I think they get to like Emma Frost's Rival Academy and I certainly recall North Star
0: I think he's an item with Colossus for a while
1: because Ultimate Colossus is gay
0: good for them yeah yeah Um, maybe that makes North Star a bit less uh, bitchy a bit less Um, that's annoying. Um, which doesn't really matter for this issue because he doesn't turn up. He's not in it. No, not even there. Um, so, uh, this, yeah, as I've said, it's a brand new creative team. And um, a lot of what happens in this comic is new to me, both in terms of uh, the continuity of the Alpha Flight comic and also the Marvel Universe as it stood at the time that this was released. I don't know about if you knew much about what was going on in 1989 in the Marvel Universe.
1: Oh, you'd have to remind me.
0: I don't know. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> hoping you'd know. Um,
1: um, late 80s. Well, to be fair, I think, especially as it's a hot topic at the moment about politics in comics, mm. I'm afraid we're about to get quite a, quite a bit. There's a lot of political commentary in uh, 1989, Alpha Flight.
0: Yes, there is. And uh, OK, we'll come back to some other stuff. But if you could give a rundown of what happens here, and we'll come back to talk about what you liked and didn't like afterwards. So Sounds good.
1: Okay, so we begin on the shores of Lake Superior, the Canadian side most importantly, and we see two unnamed boys. You can tell that they're, you know, young scamps about town. One of them is wearing a little red hat. And they're doing they're doing some fishing. And um, They think they've caught one. It's like Moby Dick. But what's this? Oh, no, not again. Like all the other fish they've caught, it's riddled with tumours because the lake (laughs) is all messed up with horrid American pollution, which they point (laughs) out that where is it coming from? And they point over Lake Superior. It's coming from the US. All of the bad stuff is coming from outside.
0: And a nice touch is that on the other side of the lake to Canada, there's a thunderstorm going on. Um, he's pointing at a thunderstorm to show where the pollution is coming from so america's the baddie and it's a bit of a a metaphor maybe a bit of foreshadowing for what happens in the rest of the comic
1: indeed it is so no good um meanwhile we have another arriver someone else coming to canada from the american side um The border patrolman has an unseen person roll down the window when the the land border between the US and Canada. Um, And he asks this lady if she's um, coming for business or pleasure. And at this point, we see a very pale lady with sort of a star marking on her eye um, confirming to the man, who looks a little bit taken aback, but not overly so, that she's there in Canada for pleasure. Lots and lots of pleasure. We don't see if he has any follow up questions. But um, we leave it at there for now. Maybe she'll return later.
0: Maybe that's all you have to answer to get into Canada without any border problems.
1: Yeah, that's a pleasure. a pleasure. Oh, okay. pleasure. Oh, okay. Oh, okay, as long as there's no tax Canada.
0: implications. Yeah, yeah. enjoy. Uh, right, so elsewhere, something is happening.
1: Indeed. So someone who I was forgetting, like, were they not. Um, no franchise problems here. I'd have been forgiven at first for thinking this was a slightly off-model Wonder Woman. Oh,
0: don't um, you start. Sarah Harris does that as well.
1: <laughs> Jesus. But um, this person is having a vision. Um, someone's coming.
0: This Just person who? being Talisman. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Yep. She's, she's sat on her rug. And she's yep, having Yes, sat a on her
1: rug. Having some... Well, we assume having some visions. Um... This is um, Heather as. Is she Vindicator at this point, she right? She is
0: Vindicator, yeah. Yep.
1: So Heather as Vindicator is asking Talisman who's coming, and she gives them. Um, well, she gives Vindicator a bit of a cryptic series of clues. There's a woman named. Ne- Necra. Necra. Necra, okay. Who once brought a lover back from the dead, and she's just entered the country.
0: Yep. In, other,
1: in other parts of her vision, there's a man who becomes an insect and whose woman and and a woman whose skin can kill you. And there's another man who thinks he's a bird. Yes. So these are people she has foreseen the coming of bad stuff coming into the country. They are, these are events in the United States, which are driving them over the border to Canada. Um, it's called a superpower registration act. So again, predating the civil war storyline by a significant number of years. Yeah. Um, So superhumans have to be registered um, that war is being fought between superhumans all over the US. And then as a result of all this disarray, a sorcerer is using these events to lure superhumans in for his cause. Um, Heather summarizes these cryptic visions by pointing out, so are you saying the sorcerer is building an army? Talisman then speaks plainly and says, of course
0: Of course, stupid woman.
1: Wasn't I clear when I said about Necra and the woman whose skin could kill you? (laughs) That's what he's doing. And um, these are only the first. There'll be more from the outside through the gateway
0: of night. Yes. And I don't know if that's an actual gateway made out of night, or if it's just a fancy way of saying nighttime. Uh, It could be either, to be honest.
1: Um at this point, this is when um, she points out that what they need to do is, unless they stop the problem before it starts, and we get a big splash and the title, we see um, the the, the story called Outsiders. And then I don't know much about the character Talisman, but um, we see sort of several sort of spirity faces, yeah, floating around as well, sort of masks.
0: So these are um, we. I have seen. I say we, assuming that everyone has read the exact same comics as I have. I have seen shaman. Some of these, they're like um, the spirits of their ancestors, like, uh, like sort of. Um, I say uh, fetishistic, um, and, I, and when I say fetish, I don't mean like a sexual thing. I mean like a religious fetish, and they're these spirits which guide users around. So ta- part of Talisman's power is that she can uh, control spiritual energy. So these are like her... her oh, what's the best way to put it? They're like familiars, I guess. They're like spiritual okay. familiars.
1: So like her spirit spirit guides, spirit helpers, whatever, that yeah. do and, her bidding.
0: And they're sort of can, can, like Canadianish. So one of them's obviously a moose. One of them's a big old bird thing. And then... I don't know what the rest of them are supposed to be. But uh, it looks like they've been sourced from Native American art. Some of them do, anyway. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so she is sat on a rug, on top of another rug, with a bunch of fire about, and these things sort of floating above her while Heather watches.
1: Yeah, and she has a bit. (coughs) Excuse me. She has a bit of reponder about what she's watching as well. We have. Quite an extensive explanation, quite a few um, the caption boxes used in the what is not a large picture on the next page, mm-hmm. where we talk about, um, she uses her full name, Elizabeth Two Youngman. Um, she drew the circle on the floor and communicated with the ancient spirits of the natural world. Um, two days, and she's refused to come out of her room. So she looks at her friend with sadness. The young woman she once knew is sinking deeper into the quagmire of her legacy. So, I take it, if you knew the history better, maybe this is. Um, they had a different relationship beforehand, before she worked as Talisman, perhaps. And yes, they're basically so drifting away.
0: They've known each other since. I think it says elsewhere in this comic, maybe. They've known each other since they were children. Heather used to babysit for Elizabeth. Oh, yes. And they were neighbours with um, Shaman and Shaman's wife. And then when Shaman's wife died, Elizabeth was. I think she grew up in Heather's house. I think she grew up, with yeah, her. it
1: does come up in a little bit. I think,
0: yeah, uh, so that's how they knew each other before she became a super I don't want to say super heroine because she's not necessarily a heroine um, she, before she became a superpower. Uh, and yeah, that tiara thing that she's got uh, so, um, allows her to control spirits but also detaches her from humanity. Which, okay. is, which is what all this exposition, I think the exposition actually tells us that she's losing her, her humanity. It te- and it tells us a few times just to make it clear that that's what's yeah. going on.
1: I've just just realised now you've explained that it's the, the headpiece has. This is two issues of Alpha Flight we've discussed where a circuit has sent someone into the realms of madness.
0: <laughs> True. <laughs> um it's, Call back
1: to the last episode.
0: <laughs> I, yeah, I'd like to say it's a theme, but I think it's only these those two people. You've just if managed I'm, to hit a seam of. I'm going to uh, pick
1: it, a third it, comic to read at some point in Alpha Flight season. If there's a circlet involved, I'm not going to trust it. No, that's that's fair. Um, so getting back onto topic, after this exposition and these thoughts, um, Talisman then confirms that what what heather's going to need to do is stop these people getting together and deport these people <laughs> as soon as they arrive um, which to be fair is a rather moderate and sensible solution not kill them not imprison them just deport them out of the country get yes. out
0: yeah um i don't know we'll, we'll come back to the politics of deporting <laughs> yeah. people just because they have come into canada
1: yeah i mean i guess they're all at least some of them are quite notorious international criminals
0: uh, at least one of them is yeah, yeah. Um, but I'd say at least one of the ones that turn up, I am familiar with two of them. But we'll come up, we'll come on to who they are. Yeah, we'll so, soon get
1: to these guys. So yeah. basically, um, they um, vindicator has set seri- as similar problems to you. Like you can't just deport people. How will we? How will we know them? Like even like just go around deporting people. Uh, talisman confirms she'll send them uh she'll send each of the members of the team a compelling vision to help them on their way and they'll be transported to their target and now go um vindicator has a little harumph and says well i guess i'll have to trust you on this um she stops for a little heart to heart and says look i'm sorry about the way i've acted recently you know it's just you know since mac died then snowbird the x-men so there's been there's obviously clearly been a lot of things that are going on back at Alpha Flight HQ and I think we touched on a few others as well when we come back out of the room. Um yes. she tries to reach out to a talisman sort of says, Yeah, I know I know losing something is painful.
0: Get but out. get out, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, it is tough when someone dies. Like piss off at my roommate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, yeah, and then so she leaves she, the room.
0: Closes the door carefully, I assume. Yeah. And then...
1: As a as a bit of a sob.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, she's she's in floods and then an off-panel voice asks if everything's okay. It's it's Walter and uh, Heather's very glad that he's there and that she could use her shoulder to cry in right now. So they go through to the lounge. He points out, importantly, that all of the furniture has been moved in and the new Maison Alpha should work out just fine. So I take it that they've recently had a new headquarters they have they've had a new one they've moved into their new base in edmonton of canada yes. what's this what's the team of their original base in
0: um they've had a few bases in the time that i've read, been reading it so one was their base was james hudson's oh they had like an official government base and uh, then it was james hudson's house he had like a little back room with a computer and that was their base and then after a while their base became uh a mansion on tamarind island and then that got blown up and then yeah so up to where i'm reading there they haven't got a base so this must be i'm hoping that they haven't had a base in between the one that the last one i'm aware of and this one yeah because that would be confusing
1: so right now they're in they're in edmonton and you know what they've They've made a a bloody nice job of it. They've got a nice bit of pain. They haven't unpacked all their boxes yet, but the weights are there. There's a Canadian flag up so they know where they are. There's a pool table. Um, Yeah. So they sit quietly for a minute in the room and then it all comes flooding out. And this is the story that you mentioned just a few minutes ago. Um, She talks about how they used to be friends once. um, And uh, Liz had a hatred for her father. She felt my... She felt Michael had failed to save Mrs. Two Youngman from cancer. Um, So Heather's dad took her in. um, She grew up in their family, all nine of them. And then when they're in their teens, everyone wanted to go out with with Liz and no one even noticed. Um, No one even noticed Heather. I mean,
0: poor Mousy,
1: Mousy, (laughs) quite statuesquely built because (laughs) because she has glasses, I guess.
0: I guess that's it.
1: Um, the, shallow, the shallow boys of the 80s took no interest because of her glasses. Um,
0: one of them appears... So there's some sort of teen party going on in this flashback.
1: They're having uh, a wild time, aren't they?
0: Oh, I don't know what's going on. He seems to be eating uh, American football.
1: Yeah, he's eating American football. Is and this, and is this throwing a
0: pancake? Uh, it's, it's no. Like a white, it's a oh. white
1: splodge above her head.
0: I think that might be some sort of decoration, or a balloon. Maybe it's not clear what, what that is.
1: Yeah, but the uh, sort of a, a Superman-looking guy is being tackled over. <laughs>
0: yeah, the and,
1: Superman and mullet. Yeah, he's got the Superman. Yeah, because that'd be that's period correct, right? Yeah, so there's yeah. a, there's a Superman mullet guy being tackled over. There's another couple looking on. They've interrupted their hug to see what shenanigans are going on across the room but Mousy Heather's in the corner looking um, looking sad. Yeah. But um, So she points out she's very self-aware very emotionally uh, sensitive that she, part of her retains that jealousy. She's not been very nice to her since she came back to the team. I mean yeah. she did try and reconnect to her and get absolutely slammed a minute ago so <laughs> I don't think it's just to feel too bad. I mean
0: Yeah. Right, I'm starting to build up some problems now. So uh, in the episode I recorded with Rob, he says that um, one of the things which riles up Alpha Flight fans, the reason they don't like later runs, isn't because the creators are bad, it's because they've changed stuff that they liked when it first came out. Okay. So uh, if you take a character, and you really like that character, and then another writer picks them up, regardless of how... Well, that writer works. If they change the fundamental character that you liked, you resent that writer, and okay. it, becom- it becomes difficult to to separate your feelings from being able to like appraise the work that's gone. And I'm when I first read this, I didn't really notice it, but now I'm really feeling it <laughs> um, that the the current writer of this issue has ignored lots of other things which have happened in other comics Um, for instance for instance what's got me now and I I said I was going to come back to it but I'll just say it now is that I guess a part of me retains that jealousy I haven't been very nice to her since she came back to the team well maybe another reason you weren't very nice to her is that for a solid five issues she was a proper baddie and you ended up having to kill Snowbird because of her maybe that maybe it wasn't because you were jealous of her being better looking than you as a teenager yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> she's got um,
1: she's the wrong end of the stick there if that is really what she was being mean to her about
0: yeah um, so anyway we'll try and gloss over that because um, yeah if we could just talk about old issues we won't talk about this one so we've got this chap who's called Walter yeah. I don't know who Walter is do you know who Walter is? I
1: have no idea who Walter
0: okay. is Okay, he's got. A, I like the way his shirt's been drawn yeah, it's good. It's a good it's
1: a good stripey look.
0: Yeah. Um, so. So he
1: they've they've taken the panels to explain the jealousy, but then off panel, Heather's clearly explained um, the discussion with Talisman in the other room. And uh, he's just uh, recapping that for her to show he's a good active listener. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he's going to send us compelling <laughs> visions. What does she mean by compelling? Now, Heather points out that she doesn't know what it means, but don't worry, we're going to have to wait for long, because immediately she gets a compelling vision. Her head feels like, and then she has a look at the floor, she sees flames in her eyes, says Nekara. No, Necra. Necra. sorry, I put an extra an A in there. Oh, but, yeah, um, yeah she... Um, Nekara might make image her of, a thundercat. Yeah, that does sound very, a, a thundercat name.
0: Yeah. Or, uh,
1: one of those arctic circle gods maybe that's where i've got that from
0: yeah Uh, that was nelvana wasn't it
1: nelvana yeah but necra say that a few more times i'll remember it um (laughs) but um she sees that necra is in winnipeg and is going to go on a killing spree a man in a suit or man in an insect suit very specifically i'll get into my problems with that a little bit later on um is um, <laughs> we'll come I can see what, um
0: i can see what your problems might be yeah <laughs>
1: yeah and there's going to be an awful lot of death unless she can take her out of the country unless the power of her battle suit can stop her from meeting this man the man mm-hmm. with the deadly tail the deadly insect tail um <laughs> and if if she fails there's going to be a killing necro will go stronger and more powerful and then it might be too late um
0: I'm so Walter. sorry. I've realised who Walter is now. It's bloody oh, Walter but... Langowski, of course. He is. It's, it's Sasquatch. Yeah, as we um, see, him transforming.
1: He's... Yeah, we do. I'm so, used to
0: him being Wonder. That's why I got confused. I'd forgotten who Walter was.
1: Having had her compelling vision before, um, Walter can. Fo- well, he changes into Sasquatch and asks if she wants, to, if he wants some, if Indicate needs some company, because she's taken off her glasses, ready to go. She's otherwise. Fully dressed in her suit the whole time, yeah. so she just needs to let her hair down, um, take a glass off, whack her glasses off, whack her helmet on, or the mask, and then um, the vision comes to whisk her away. So That's right. the um, one of the spirits from Talisman, she's gonna she sends the spirit to guide her to her prey, and then off she goes into sort of a swirling vortex. Yes. Meanwhile. <laughs> back yep. over in back in jFk international airport in the in the US where a lot of the bad stuff in this issue has come from so yes, far
0: scuzzy old America
1: yeah we see um we see um a character we may know from spider-man comics reading the horoscopes at the airport um I don't know if Mac Gargan aka the scorpion, was born October 23rd to November 21st, therefore making him a Scorpio. Um, Would be interesting if he was, um, but he's having a read of the horoscope for the day. Um, Today, you'll be visited by an associate. He will help put your affairs in order. A trip to another city may prove to be exciting. Um, So here he is in minding his own business, and he gets a a cough. Someone addresses him as Mr. Gargan. And who is it? No, it's it's the tinkerer yeah who um has arranged to meet um the scorpion um in a very public place like an airport um to hand him over something he's been expecting from him he scolds him slightly because he's been he's uh he's been he's late he's uh planes due to fly in a few minutes the tinkerer then takes the time to explain he had to see his son off he's leaving for Costa Brava today where are you going and <laughs> um, and this was I I remember I, I sent out on Twitter a picture of this. And this is probably my favourite aside because this never gets developed on. Where you had to see his son up <laughs> to, and being the tinkerer isn't a huge, huge character. Um, I wondered if his son was even a thing, but he is. He is. He is. His son. Is he? His son is um, a super spy called Rick Mason, and there is a the, the first the first comic you will see super spy rick mason in is when he goes to he goes over to uh, costa brava it's when he's in costa brava and i forget which way around it is i think he's overthrowing an oppressive regime by supporting the american supported like rebels in the costa brava in, in the Costa, no, it's fictional Costa Brava. Would he not have to fight off all the tourists first? It's um, it's not the real Costa Brava. Oh, I think sorry. that I think Marvel writers of the time might have not known there was a real Costa Brava, <laughs> so it's a fictional Central American country.
0: <laughs> Super spy, what was his name? Rick Mason. Super spy Rick Mason goes to Costa Brava, gets a full English, and then gets to yeah. work.
1: And then he spends. I, I read his bio. I think he spends some more time. Um, working for um like british like secret services as well he appears in shield at some point too um, i'm gonna i tried to see if it was on Comicsology, um but i don't know the night the title of the, the comic rick mason's costa bravan holiday but I'm, I'm gonna i'm gonna try and find it okay uh, and then follow that chain hopefully there'll be an aside in that comic That says something like, oh, I
0: left my dad at the airport (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: or some other like chain I can follow down. Like, you know, you'll meet an ally there and said, oh, I've just got back from this country. See how far I can follow down that rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, But back on topic, not going to get sidetracked by Rick Mason, super spy. No. Um, Matt Gargan points out that he's off to Canada. He's getting out before this registration stuff comes down on him after he's running with Hammer and his goons. Maybe that's something else I can look into. Um, I assume he's talking about Justin Hammer, the, the Iron Man rival.
0: Or maybe Hammerhead, who's a oh, slime Oh, it could man be Hammerhead,
1: head. yeah. So, yeah. someone. So, Hammer and his goons, and he's going to go and lay low before it's too late. Um, so, what he's clearly had, his arrangement with the Tinkerer has been to fix his tail. So, um, it would appear that... Um, he's engaged the tinkerer services to fix his suit, there's obviously been some problems with it um, he's he's managed to do it, he's very good at his job as he says yep. um, he's duplicated some of it um, of the modification he described, it's not as powerful as his old suit now, if I'm going pr- comic Spider-Man history, maybe shaky on the Scorpion's origin um, it's very early,
0: f- I think I think he started because J. Jen and Jameson That's paid him yeah. to be he,
1: in it. He paid. He, he decided that the natural enemy of a spider was a scorpion. So um, so he got this guy to do this thing. And then uh, was it an issue a bit like the rhino where once you're in the suit, it's not meant to come off. Uh, massive, yeah. Mass, massive design flaw. Yes. And um, oh, well, through through one way or another, he's currently out of the suit and it's been broken. So... Obviously, Matt Gargan's, over the years, goes through a number of different uh, iterations, spends some time being Venom later as well. But um, right now, he's got a pretty good, but not as powerful as it used to be, that his power level reset a bit suit.
0: But it's so, an X-ray baffles on now, so he can get yeah, it through security.
1: He can take it through security now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, hands it all over, and um, something tells him that he's going to have some hot times up north. So off he goes. Um, Meanwhile, getting back to Alpha Flight headquarters, we see that someone is uh, just enjoying a lovely, lovely cigarette.
0: Yeah.
1: And then a call's come in. So Madison's calling from their new base. Also, this isn't in the same base. This is a call the guys are receiving from their new base. Um,
0: uh, Yeah, so uh, Madison, Mr. Jeffrey's box, yeah. is calling Shaman from Maison Alpha, which as, as far as I can tell, Maison Alpha isn't a canny nickname, it's what their base is actually called, Yeah. which is a pity, I feel. But yeah, so he's calling from there to Shaman, who's in hospital.
1: Do we know why he's in hospital?
0: No idea. No idea whatsoever. Um, him and Judd, uh, him and Puck are both in hospital what I find interesting is that we see Shaman lying in bed in hospital but we do not see Puck yeah I don't know if uh, there's all sorts of reasons why we don't see that but he only ever of talks off panel
1: I guess as they're both in hospital we can assume it's some battle based injuries rather than Shaman had some routine surgery that needed to be done
0: <laughs> yeah, um, <bendectomy> or something. <laughs>
1: yeah he's on a trip he's got some fluids going in yeah he appears to have a private room, though, so um, he's doing okay. Um, his condition is, is improving. Um, the shouting, let me talk to him. Um, and then he, he stops and he won't hand over. So it's quite pretty one of those conversations you get when there's three people involved. <laughs> and then they both want to talk to the other one. I suppose it's like, you know, when, you know... I don't have kids, but imagine if you're on the phone to someone and they want to talk to them and it's like, let me talk. No,
0: (laughs) it's a bit like that. I don't get what I get instead is, would you like to speak to this person who wants to speak to you? And then they say no and walk off. That's (laughs) that's how it goes with me. Yes. Um, So. uh, So as Puck is shouting that he wants to talk to Mr. Jeffries on the phone, um, Lil is there. Diamond Lil. Who used to be a baddie and at some point is no longer a baddie. Uh, yeah, she's smoking a fag. Still uh, a
1: smoker, though. I guess it wasn't it wasn't a way to demark baddies in the eighties, I guess.
0: No. I mean everyone's smoking in the eighties.
1: Yeah. It's good for you then.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was nine, but I'd have loved to have been smoking. Uh, yeah. And then so yeah, so Puck is shouting down the phone that he wants to speak to Heather. And She's in a meeting
1: with with Talisman right now. Yeah.
0: And then while they're talking, a wind blows up and Mr. Jeffrey says, What the, Lil? What the heck's going on?
1: And then I guess she's having one of the compelling visions. Um, Because much like Heather moments ago, she understands that the scorpion, he moves so fast, incredible strength, and his tail shoots deadly plasma bolts. Winnipeg. (laughs) Winnipeg Airport. Um, there's a there's a knock at the door at the same time. Someone else is shouting, hey, open up, but it's too late. She's being whisked off into the vortex. Um, Talisman's uh, spirit guide turns up and says she's been sent to take her to a prey. Um, Diamond Lil says, take me. Um, just as um, Sasquatch blasts into the room, he whams through that door, but he's too late. And um, well, he's not he's not necessarily too late. Because he points out, oh, don't worry, she's just being taken to her opponent. Um, and then points out that um, he, the other chap shouldn't follow her because she needs to do this alone. I don't know when that rule was established because no. he offered
0: to go with Heather. Terrible advice.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And um, this fella's furious that the thing just broke through the wall. Oh, they've used a terrible spelling of through. I feel sick. <laughs> so where um that thing just bust through thru the wall um oh, thankfully yeah. if it were, it just I guess he's not talking about sasquatch who just broke through the wall he's talking about the spirit that just smashed diamond lil through the wall yeah because he points out that if it wasn't for her invulnerability so to be fair it is his angers come from a place of concern because yeah. he just doesn't want lil to have been hurt by being smashed well, through the wall lovely, the wall lovely, itself Mr. is Jeffries. fine.
0: Mr. Jeffries doesn't want anyone to get hurt. He's the nicest man alive. Okay. I love Mr. Jeffries. Good old yeah. Mr. Jeffries. Yeah. And,
1: right. to, and to be fair, the only reason he wouldn't let um he, he wouldn't let Puck on the phone is because he wanted to see how Shaman was first.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so uh, Walter changes, uh, sorry, Shatterhouse changes back to Walter and says, I'll tell you about it in another room away from this phone, which is hanging off the hook, while Puck shouts into it that he needs to speak to Heather.
1: While coughing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, things are going badly over there. Um, I, is this is this a regular thing that when um, does Walter have several changes of clothes around, or does he is his transformation to Sasquatch magic, and he gets his clothes back when he shrinks?
0: It's kind. I don't think. It should be thought about too much. <laughs> um, <laughs> when um, depending on who writes him, uh, there's a scale of how magic his clothes are. So in some comics, he will hide a change of clothes somewhere to come back to, uh, and then sort of like uh, get undressed and then change the shaman. And sometimes he will just change, and they w- don't worry. It's so, but when he changed to uh, for a little while, he was Wanda Langowski instead of Walter Langowski. He was changed into a woman. Okay. And when he changed out of his Sasquatch form, he was wearing sort of like uh, gym gear, sort of like a really eighties leotard. <laughs> or she was wearing an eighties leotard, I should say. So maybe the T-shirt is his. I don't know. Maybe it's an accident. Maybe. And then again,
1: I guess if Mr. Jeffries is a very nice man, he'd probably have. Uh, a change of clothes yeah, that, that, that Walter could have um, but uh, we, yeah. we move away from the the coughing down the phone from Shaman and possibly Puck at the hospital wanting to speak to Heather to join Heather racing across the countryside flying as Vindicated with the spirit guide um, they uh, vex a few farmers um, that um, so what was that flying cross it looked like just a blur Aye, that it did uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I uh, yeah. <laughs> wasn't trying to voice that. Um, yeah. But we, we we return to another theme now, of course, because the farmers here. Let's get back to the wheat. What do they? You know, what do they teach anything about ag school? Um,
0: <laughs> but unfortunately, all the crops are, are, are riddled with disease. So we've got a farmer and. A scientist, you know, he's a scientist because he doesn't talk in a stupid accent and he's wearing glasses. (laughs) He doesn't say oh, yeah," (laughs) (laughs) Um, because the farmer's language is peppered with uh, apostrophe. So, anyway, let's get back to wheat. What do you reckon they make, Alice? They teach you about anything in ag school? So he he talks in sort of a country. I've done a very bad job of doing a Canadian bumpkin accent, but I assume that's what he is.
1: Yeah. Um, and the scientist speaks properly and says, yes, I've seen plenty of uh, actual cases. Your wheat isn't affected. Oh, it's not affected by disease, Mr. Fraser. You know what it is, though? It's
0: acid rain. Oh, no. The plague um, of the 80s.
1: Yeah, the acid rain, the worst thing from the 80s. Um, <laughs> it's Captain Planet when you need him. Um, but um, owned by another corporation. But back in the States, factories are spewing out tons of chemical waste into the atmosphere, which gets into the clouds that cross over to Canada. When it rains, all the soil into the soil, the plants drink it up and everything starts to go bad. So it's those rotten Americans, once again, generating all the pollution that goes over to lovely, clean Canada.
0: Yeah.
1: And and wrecks it.
0: So it's acid rain, wrecks the crops, pollution on the American side of... Of a lake. Uh, what, of a lake, lake Gives Superior. Gives the fish tumours, yeah. And then all the baddies coming over wrecks everything else.
1: All the baddies yeah. to escape their um, sort of political situation. Yeah. yeah, toxic as well.
0: So we we go back
1: to to Winnipeg now, um, and it hovers over America's Midwest so so close that it can that it can almost pass for an American town, if not for the English and French cereal boxes. Yeah, that's how you know it's Canada if you
0: if you see a a bit of french on your cereal box that's how you know and also behind the character who's walking around is a big shop that is called something canada i'm (laughs) guessing that gives it away as well yeah
1: i guess that would also be a fairly solid clue (laughs) um so this is necra yes i didn't fluff that time um and she's having a lovely think about she doesn't know what she's doing Um, in canada she knew she wanted to get away from the registration act um they might they might they haven't even passed it yet but they might pass in the states but something else made her want to come to canada it was an impulse or urge um you know she didn't know why she didn't go to mexico or the bahamas what's so what's so hot about freaking manitoba (laughs)
0: manitoba
1: uh, or, or she doesn't know Then maybe she will find some action here. And moments later she does as she is tackled hard from behind. So hard that it knocks the sunglasses off some lady and makes a man's hat ping off as he says, YOW! Yow. <laughs> as she is, lot, not tackled, but shoomed off yep. by um, by Vindicator. Um, Necra is furious. Um, she demands she is put down... Um, but vindicates having none of it she's taking out of her, her out of the country because she doesn't belong here um, and if she resists it'll be a long hard fall meanwhile in Edmonton um, mr Jeffries and sasquatch in his Walter form um, are recapping what's what's happening and they they're looking on the database to say what um to see what their files say about Necra. And apparently she's nearly invulnerable and can lift over 10 tonnes.
0: When okay. she's got a temper on. Yeah.
1: As yeah. long as she's emotional, her powers have to do with a temper. Let's hope no one gets her angry, eh? But, uh-oh.
0: <laughs> Let's hope this broad doesn't get too
1: angry. <laughs> yeah, because if she gets a temper, things are going to get... Shit's going to get pretty real. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, by tackling her and trying to throw out the country, that's exactly... What um, what vindicator has done? So she gives a sort of a condescending. You're going to cooperate, or am I going to have to get tough? To which Necro responds, "Grrr, because she's really lost it now." She's really angry, yeah. Yep. Yeah, so she grabs a vindicator, throws. Well, I don't know what she does.
0: She sort of. The sort of spins her in the air. They're upside like down now, aren't they?
1: There's an aerial twist, and then what happens is that. Vindicator loses a grip. Necra goes falling down. Um, so she
0: falls sideways. She falls at oh, the side. Oh, that's, building,
1: a, that's a sideways fall. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is a very... Yeah, I've, I've been lost in the aer- aeronautics of it all. <laughs> um, so, Necra goes flying into a into the building, um, confirms that she's not leaving Canada, and then throws oh, sort of an antique tea chest I think it's a desk.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's what desks looked like in the '80s.
1: Big wooden desk. They had yeah. they had down. Oh, of course, it was the '80s. Business was booming.
0: <laughs> they could afford wood, not just yeah. plastic. Yeah. yeah,
1: no MDF. Done. That's so that. Yeah, we can see as you as you turn the page. You're correct. That's a proper hardwood desk. Yeah. And um, she loses it straight at, at Vindicator's <laughs> face, but um, using her mighty fist, she punches through it, um, and. She points out that she's only making it harder on herself. Um, Necra then dives back out of the window.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, in, in a bold move, because it seemed like she was on the attack, but she dives out of the window, cackling. Vindicator um, points out they're 10 stories up and she only wanted her to leave. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what Necra says. She laughs as she. Um, her. As she falls down towards the as she falls down towards the pavement, which is where we leave her for now. Yes. As we return to Winnipeg where the scorpion, his flight has just arrived and he's minding his own business, walking out of the walking out of the airport, when in a sort of vortex of wind, um we he sees a, a figure appearing, points out that um well, I don't know who he's saying this to, he just shouts, Yo, this place is freakier than Manhattan um, and then we see Diamond Lil appear in this vortex, a little bit confused herself, but then immediately when she she's like, "What? Where? Oh!" And then goes into it. Matt Gargan, alias the Scorpion. I've been sent by Alpha Flight to escort you back across the border. Are you going to be civilized, or are we going to have to, <laughs> are we going to have to get down and party? <laughs> and unfortunately, um, Matt, Matt Gargan. He, he's he's got a plan in mind. He walks. I party with you anytime, babe. Why don't we check into a motel? What do you say? You're asking for, but she doesn't get to finish that thought because the scorpion then follows up by giving her a smack right across the face.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: It's... Proper. A proper closed fist. He's not. He's not pulling any punches really. He's gone for it. He's sucker punched her basically.
0: Yeah. This is and it's. Uh, I don't like this panel because it's really disturbing. It
1: is because well. Uh, reflective of worst times I guess but yeah. I think it's I think it's his follow-up dialogue that did it because to be fair between super-powered individuals they can probably exchange punches but yeah, because as far as he's concerned this is a regular woman who he's just punched and then said that he didn't like women talking back to him specifically ones that he just propositioned with a trip to a motel with um but um it, it then goes on and he escalates immediately as well um they should have told you how fast I am and that he's fought some of the best and again Lil doesn't really get time to respond because he immediately throws her into a like a welcome to Canada sign
0: <laughs> yeah and as you pointed out he doesn't know that she is a superhero he, he knows that she's been sent by Alpha Flight but they could have sent a secretary yeah and he punches her in the face and then throws her through a billboard yeah so, while being horrendously sexist so I... a very
1: like at the best if he'd known he was like, a, you know, he's at least being incredibly wise. But when you when you escalate to throwing someone through a sign, if it's a regular person, you've killed that person.
0: Yeah. Yes. And then he shouts stupid broad. Throws, a, car.
1: <laughs> throws a man out of a car, some bozo. <laughs> um, and then um, Winnipeg, here I come yes and um, meanwhile we see lil just recovering herself from it's a cigarette billboard by the look of it no can't, it can't be listen to the canada uh, no,
0: that's the welcome to canada yeah it welcome just, to
1: canada yeah. um it's just i associate her with cigarettes now um <laughs> seeing how much he enjoyed them earlier so he's off to he's off to winnipeg and um, lil jumps back in front of him this is your last chance but um she I I guess between panels she must have to jump out of the way at the car at the last minute. Um and we see Matt Gargan, the scorpion, laughing as he drives off into the distance and you gotta be fast to catch a scorpion um and leaves leaves Lil thankfully unharmed but scratching her head.
0: Yeah. Because she's super strong but she's not super good at chasing cars.
1: No. Can't doesn't know what and obviously not very good at thinking Thinking ideas when you're not being guided by a spirit of what you needed to do. Yeah. there's plenty of other vehicles around at the airport, I imagine.
0: Yes, and surely that spirit's still about somewhere. Yeah. That they could just give her a lift using a yeah. special wind power. But.
1: But no, she's she's, she's totally she's flummoxed. Yeah. Hasn't got any ideas. But then we jump again. There's a lot of there's a lot of pretty swift scene changes here. But now we're at Gamma Flight headquarters in Winnipeg and.
0: And we, this is where I imagine you got totally lost.
1: Yeah, because I read issue 8 um, before we didn't... We didn't Oh, that's remember, right, yeah. yeah.
0: Um,
1: and Nemesis turns up in that. And um, I'm not sure if it's the same Nemesis as... Because it wasn't revealed who it was not that You'll day.
0: you have to listen to the previous episode uh, where Rob gives Nemesis history.
1: Oh, good, because all I knew from that issue was that it isn't Danielle. That's right. It's not, Danielle, because uh, <laughs> Deadly <laughs> Ernest has got something to do with that.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: So we, we go to Gamma Flight headquarters and we see Nemesis um, getting the crew to, to listen up. So Gamma Flight have um, got reports that of a conflict downtown. Vindicator and Diamond Lil are fighting some unknown parahumans somewhere around portage and main yeah so yeah. um nemesis having none of it they're gonna have to arrest the arrest a lot of them and i guess this was a catch-up moment for me because they point out how alpha Flight have ignored the fact that they they've they're meant to have been disbanded by the government and they've given them a chance um yes and they haven't listened so they're gonna go and they're gonna go and nip nip it in the bud now as one of the other characters says and do you know who all these Gamma Flight people are?
0: I know who Nemesis is, and I know who the creepy shouty man is.
1: Yeah, who is that?
0: That's Wild Child. Oh, okay. Who has been a baddie uh, through? He's been a baddie against Alpha Flight a lot. He was orig- he was in one of he was in the original Gamma Flight back in issue one. Uh, but he's basically an unstable killer. Who wears a, a onesie and has long hair?
1: Sort of like a little bit like a slightly emaciated Prince Adam from uh, He Man. He <laughs> Man thing.
0: He does, yeah, a little bit here. Um, in other comics, it's he looks a bit like a lady because he's just got like a lady's physique, and he wears his hair long and often in like pigtail braids. Um, but yeah, he's a creepy individual, but. I don't know who the other three people in the room are.
1: Yeah, there's sort of like a, like a devil horns lady, and then there's some...
0: <sighs> they look like the Wanda twins. Yeah, they do. Maybe. Yeah. But I don't know who they are. Unless that's supposed to be Aurora Northstar, and they've got funny outfits that I've not seen before.
1: And they reckon they've jump-ship to, to Gamma Flight?
0: Yeah, maybe. That's my best yes. Um, we, if I looked it up on the internet, I'm sure it'd tell me.
1: Yeah, so back to, I guess, back to what's going on. So, yeah, yeah, Wildchild suggests they go and nip it in the bud. Um, At that point, for dramatic flair, Nemesis draws her sword and says, oh, they didn't know they'd disobeyed government orders. Now they do. I guess they can't accept the fact that they've replaced them as Canada's official super team. So it's time that they showed them who's in charge. Um, I always get a little bit of a little bit of a Spider-Man vibe from the from the Nemesis mask but obviously with the, with, the co- yeah, is, yeah. with the Carnage colors and I think
0: uh, and then it gets a bit a confusing a, because they put There the is one more in, page. Yeah, there's a, a whole pen and some adverts and you, I thought that maybe that was the last page, but it's not because there's a whole other page.
1: And there's one page left just in between. So then we go back to Winnipeg and we see Necra as she's falling falling towards the pavement. Um, so in Winnipeg, a woman falls from ten stories high. She doesn't look too bothered about it. Miles oh, away, downtown. yeah, miles away, a cab heads toward downtown, driven by a man with oh, the, the, <laughs> the rights yeah. of themselves. Yeah. An arachnid suit, not an insect suit, the scorpion, <sighs> and he's thinking about killing lots and lots of killing. <laughs> Meanwhile, um, at the airport, a man with the thoughts of a predatory bird has arrived on flight one hundred and two feels a need to head downtown, and this is the Owl. Um, yes. Another...
0: Spider-Man baddie.
1: Yeah, another sort of... Maybe not even a B-list Spider-Man baddie. Maybe a Oh, I like Owl. He's, there's
0: not, something an, he's, not, about he's not around him like. too much, though, is he? He's, he's not around very much, now, But there's something about him I like. I, I can't place what it is. But yeah. It's that hair, is he's, he's got that sort of... He's like a classic Spider-Man villain in that they took an animal... And then turned into a baddie.
1: Yeah.
0: So, uh, and I think it's pointed out by uh, an actual writer of Spider-Man at some point that all of Spider-Man's villains are animals of some sort. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I like the fact that there is an owl one who thinks he's an owl.
1: I will like the owl, I can't say I've encountered many comics with him in. I will like him more if he can turn his head around 180 degrees. (laughs) <laughs> if that's his if that's his power then I'll take back everything I said about him I'll, I'll bump him back up um, and then we see another one um, uh, another little arrival of someone else we haven't really seen mentioned that fulfills Talisman's prophecy um, at the border a woman with poisonous skin and a name like a snake drives, drives through without a hitch Winnipeg is just a short distance away
0: yeah, so I don't know who this is.
1: Yeah, me, me either. I'd have to look up... Um, a
0: name like a snake. So, uh, Cobra. Uh, maybe. I've just made that up. Sorry, I don't know if that's an actual person.
1: Uh, there's almost certainly a... Viper? A Cobra. It could be Viper. We'll have to. I'll have to look that up to see who it is. Adder. Uh,
0: sorry, I'm just naming snakes. Yeah, on. different. That's, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just saying,
1: yeah, one of those snake names.
0: Um... <laughs> So she's
1: driven through without a, without a hitch. Um, <laughs> and we can see the, the the little the image there that she is indeed driving through the Canadian border not without a hitch. Not watching where she's going. Yeah. She's just sort of smiling at the man. I wonder if it's the same man that has already seen Necra today. Um, that would
0: be handy. Yeah, I'd Imagine him going home to his wife. You're not some real weirdos coming yeah. in. The
1: um, then again, maybe that's why she's driven through without a hitch. If you're going to let the woman win... <laughs> Yeah. like pale skin that looks like a vampire lady who's i imagine you have to show a passport probably says her name is Nekra um, <laughs> uh, someone with a name it doesn't necessarily have to be the name of a snake but just a name like a snake yeah um so her name might be sanake <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, i was gonna say yeah a
1: snakey
0: <laughs> yeah so um you it up
1: You're not the strangest person I've seen come through here today. Then again, I guess if you live in Marvel Universe, you've fairly... You've
0: seen a lot, yeah.
1: Yeah, you're fairly used to it. There is a big purple man that lives in space that periodically comes to try and eat the planet.
0: Yep. And uh, in New York, there's a man in uh, a blue and red costume who pretends that that has anything to do with spiders. Yep. And uh, what else? I suppose uh, some of the most famous people on the planet... Uh, a scientist and his best friend who's made of orange rocks
1: <laughs> yeah
0: yeah I think yeah
1: there's there's a country called th- th- that isn't weird in itself there's a country called Lavaria <laughs> where there's a there's a metal-faced man who yeah. openly wants to conquer the entire planet
0: yeah so somebody with a slightly strange name driving into canada that's, yeah, that's, that's just every day, isn't that it? Is,
1: that is every day. But to to finish off the story, the final part of Talisman's prophecy near the top of the world, a being called the Sorcerer is laughing. Not only laughing though, <laughs> he's
0: laughing hard. And, and
1: so I he, don't is. Know who he is.
0: Just well, the Sorcerer. He's, he's
1: a, a being called the Sorcerer, and he's got a big old cape and some some sort of uh, what are the things like the wrist guards that he's wearing. Um, Braces, yeah, braces.
0: Yeah, he's got some braces on. <laughs> Once again, RPG <laughs> gaming comes to save us. Yeah, we know what uh, what is the headband called? Circlet. Uh, Circlet, <laughs> and we know what uh, braces are. Yeah. So yeah, so that's issue number seventy nine. Um, it right. So before you any further, on the cover in the top corner, there's a thing called Acts of Vengeance. Which I've looked up, and apparently it was a big old crossover. At this time, Alpha Flight had two issues. Two issues of Alpha Flight were tangentially related to Acts of Vengeance, which was going on in the Avengers. And yeah, so that's what and, and I think that's got something to do with why all of these supervillains are coming into Canada. It's something to do with what's going on in Avengers. Okay, But that's as far as I read, because Wikipedia didn't go into a lot of detail about what it was. Um, yeah, so what did you like about this issue?
1: Um, Actually, oddly enough, I, I quite liked a lot of it. Um, yeah, I, like,
0: I, I liked it, yeah.
1: It's, it's a good bit of fun. I, I joked about really liking the, the panel with the tinkerer saying that he'd just seen his son off to Costa Brava, and at the time I liked it because it was a stupid pointless detail that I expected to go nowhere. But having found out that it actually does tie into something else, it makes me kind of like it more.
0: Yeah. Um, And there's lots of little details in here, like unnecessary little details. So, on the same page, the horoscope that uh, Scorpion is reading. um, Yeah. Who put that in there for him? Like, is it just a coincidence that his horoscope? details the exact thing that would be happening to him as he read his horoscope
1: maybe writer james s Hudnell is a big believer in in horoscopes astrology
0: i know yeah. little enough about him to suggest that is absolutely correct yeah yeah um
1: yeah and I, I think the same like other these other pointless little details it says what flight number the owl flies into <laughs> with. um yeah and
0: that's I, probably important probably in another comic uh, on the on the same flight was somebody entirely different, off to do something different in Canada. Yeah,
1: either, yeah, either that, or perhaps like you have bumped into Professor X at the airport, or something like that. Yeah, another another fantastic aside. <laughs> um, I like actually, you know, I, we make fun of some of the bits that happen. You know, sometimes you get some irregular visuals and what have you, but they're probably yeah. just of their time. There are some nice there are some nice panels. In here as well. I like the um, particularly in the middle section when Vindicator is flying across the country and when mm-hmm. she turns up, that's quite a nice little scene yeah. sort of shooing over the farmland.
0: And yeah, there are. And again, that one where uh, Necra gets, she spins uh, Vindicator in the air and then, which throws her at the building, which she then goes in through backwards. Yep. And it, The first time I read it, I didn't really get what was going on. I thought she was going, falling downwards at a building. But once you sort of get what's happening, it's, I really like it. Yeah. Um, There's a good, like in terms of, if you were to look for an underdrawing, it's like the shapes in the panels link to each other. I won't go into too much about what I mean by underdrawing. But yeah, um, I like that sort of stuff. One thing about the drawing style is that I can see why traditional Alpha Flight fans might not be keen on it. Because it, it seems a bit fashion illustration-y. And I, I say that yeah, I can as that. someone... Because the characters don't look... they. Where am I coming from? They look posed, if that makes sense. So they don't look as if they're in the middle of an action. They look as if they are in the middle of a pose halfway through an action.
1: Yeah, I see what you mean. Like, particularly if we look at the the encounter with um, Diamond Lil and um, and the scorpion. Yeah. There's a bit where she's sort of pointing at him and sort of fist. So she's pointing with one hand and her fist is up in the other. And he's standing there with his arms crossed and his suitcase. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, and it's, I think it, I don't know, I don't, I, th- I don't know enough about the art, the penciler or the inker to <clears throat> to make this assumption, but just based on this, I think he's an illustrator who has been drafted into comics work, okay. rather than someone who's that. That's just the impression I get, and I think he's quite good at comics, but he's there's something not marvelly about the style of his comics work. I, I can't put my finger directly on it, but, <clears throat> yeah, that's that's what I think. Um, yeah, so there's that. It is very heavily written as well. James D. Hudnall has, there's a lot of words in here, especially if there's something that he wants to explain, like when Talisman is on her mat. And Yeah, the,
1: that bit there is, if you're looking at it individually as a panel, you would say you probably lose... Um, I mean, let's hope the artist. Yeah, there's not much detail behind it, but the panel itself is, I'd say, more than fifty percent covered in text boxes, isn't it? Yeah,
0: some some cases sixty or seventy percent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the artist has been forced to draw people smaller than you might want to convey action. Yeah.
1: Effectively, you could cut that box in half and say that there is a uh, there is a small column of text and then a tiny, tiny picture that's like your that's half of that that's half of that top row
0: yes um but one thing i did like about this is that there is for scene changes they will often have a panel which doesn't have any words in at all yeah so um they're not necessarily scene changes but there's a bit where uh walter says to heather so what did she say to you and then you've just got an empty panel at, like looking in at them through the window which is a weird angle to choose to do that from and then in the next panel you're you've got them going over that they've just had that conversation yeah and I like that and then there's the other one where you switch from one scene into that's right you switch from um, Scorpion getting his suit to Lil lighting the cigarette and then that that panel's got no words in um, and uh, yeah they're nice beats I think I like those Uh, there's another one later on where you just see Necra's legs as she's walking through Winnipeg so they hold off on the captioning for that one panel which is good
1: so bring you into it a little bit more a little bit more gently while we're talking out I quite like the cover as well
0: yes I'm just disappointed because the cover for people who can't see it is Scorpion trying to sting Vindicator with his tail which doesn't happen which doesn't happen in the comic. Don't even, they, don't, they don't
1: even meet, do they? Those no. two don't fight each other.
0: Scorpion doesn't put on his costume, and they don't meet. So, yeah.
1: I'm going to have to, once again, like I've, what I've done here is foolishly perhaps read the the first part of a two-part <laughs> yeah. story.
0: So yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm
1: gonna to end up with an entire run of Alpha Flight, I know it.
0: <laughs> just trying to catch up on yeah, two-part just to, stories, yeah. yeah. Um, there are some bits in the middle so where I've just read where it's just single it goes back to telling single character stories at a time so you'd be alright there. So one issue is just Mr. Jeffrey's chasing his armour across the country for instance uh, so you'd be alright. You wouldn't have to catch up if you landed on that one.
1: Yeah, I'm going uh, to have to see what happens here.
0: There is a us. nice little pun on the cover as well. So the scorpion invades Canada but Alpha's hot on his tail.
1: They are.
0: <laughs> um, there's lots of references to heat in this um, but the baddies are going to have a hot time in Canada yeah and I don't I don't understand what that they're going to have a hot
1: time in Canada the scorpion's going to have a hot time in Canada and Necra talks about I don't know why I didn't go to Mexico or the Bahamas what's so
0: hot about whatever yeah. the name of the town is so I don't know this because there's four baddies aren't there are they trying yeah. to set up some sort of four horsemen thing because you've got the, the poisoned one who could be, but I can't see what the others would be because there, there isn't like a scorpion horseman, is there?
1: No, although to be honest, though, as well, if the sorcerer goes setting up a four horseman in an X Men related franchise, apoca- apocalypse is probably notoriously litigious, he's probably going to try and <laughs> sh- shut him down. That is my thing, <laughs> they're called the four horsemen of the apocalypse, not the four horsemen of sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> Um,
0: um yeah was there anything that you weren't keen on in this
1: Um there's there's some unusual things and I joke about not liking the um describing a scorpion scorpions as insects but yeah. even though they correct it within the same issue that's probably an editing matter right but um yeah um I guess looking at it with a I mean, it probably wasn't, well, definitely wasn't okay in the '80s either. But it's uncomfortable reading when the scorpion literally propositions um, Lil before punch sucker Puncher in the yeah. face. And then, and I get it, you can separate it a little bit if it's if it's superhero, you know, japes and they're fighting each other and it's on you know different terms that aren't applied to regular society. But
0: yeah. it's still
1: it's it's, it's 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 still an uncomfortable image, I guess.
0: It's a way of showing that he's a baddie. Yeah. There is a part of me that likes baddies because I like him as a sort of Stan Lee baddie where he's only motivated by money or maybe revenge and not motivated by the fact that he's a bad person out to harm women for fun.
1: Yeah, because the Scorpion in other things that I've seen is one of the more, you know, one of the more sympathetic Spider-Man baddies because he's meant to be... A bit of a down on his luck um, guy. He's a little bit pathetic, and you know Jay Jonah Jameson takes advantage of him. Yeah. Um, and then he gets obsessed with revenge, and is probably ill from being trapped in a scorpion outfit, and it sends him over the edge. But he, uh, he didn't strike me from other things I've seen him in as, as as entirely bad. He's perhaps at worst a bit of a a bit of a goon. But yeah, yeah. But this is probably the. The most out-and-out evil I've seen him done with with acts like that.
0: Yes, but um, in terms of it being from 1989, we are now post-Watchmen. And I think Watchmen was what people aspired to doing. So they might be trying to write adult stories by having... Like... You'd, uh, a bad person would be against like actual bad person standards, not comic book bad person standards.
1: Uh, okay. Just Maybe. flicking to the cover, I see there was still... the, the comics code authority was still a thing there, so yeah. I imagine unless the rules had been relaxed by them, they, they still couldn't have uh, had anyone from the Mafia that had to have still been the Magia. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, apparently violence against women was okay by the comic code, at least of Comic Code of 1989. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's that I didn't enjoy so much. The I wouldn't say I dislike it, but it, it feels strangely placed for the the environmental element to the story, and maybe that pays off in the follow-up. But um, I'm not sure if it's just an unusual reference or metaphor to the fact that there's bad. Enemies coming into Canada from America, but also they're pointing out the issue of you know America being the source of all of Canada's pollution problems.
0: Yes, yeah. Um, maybe that
1: applies. Maybe that's it. Ties into the sorcerer's bigger scheme as well, and it has a more and it has more of a payoff later on. Are
0: you claiming that the sorcerer is loot and plunder?
1: It, it could well be. Maybe this is the Captain <laughs> Planet crossover they were building to. Because 1989 is probably around the right sort of time, right?
0: Yeah, I think so.
1: Yeah. Saving the planet was the thing to do in 1989. Looting and polluting was not the way. No. Yeah. <laughs>
0: um, OK, so uh, what was that? Oh, sorry, just because it's uh, we always end up talking about adverts. I did not know that the NES had a remote remote control. Oh, no, with advert for the kid, uh, kid remote in the power to move, where because he is not tied to his NES by a cable, he can go off and have loads of adventures with it.
1: Yeah, and it has rapid fire as well. It's a, it's got all these extra features. But you know, if you'd had one of those, it
0: would have been rubbish. it would, well,
1: it, it would have been player twos, wouldn't it? You'd have got yeah. one, and then you'd realize that the lag on a, on an infrared remote, um, you know, you're not yeah. going to get that type of responsiveness. That even the auto fire, it's your mate who's coming around to play that's going to get that one. And the batteries yeah. are always going to go because. 1989 batteries didn't last for very long, I imagine. No. The, the thing that got me adverts-wise was if you go back a couple to the Sears catalog one for your NES, 99.99 um, um, for your Nintendo, Nintendo. But the the Super Mario artwork for Bowser and the the Koopa Troopers is very disturbing. Very
0: weird, yeah. They're like turkeys. Why have they got? They've got bird heads. Yeah,
1: they've got little turkey heads. Ah. Uh... Yeah, they're gross. <laughs> <laughs> and and Bowser himself, like... Oh, I've never seen him with... I'm I've never sure, seen I'm before. not sure what's... You know what it is? I've just put my finger on it. His nose isn't... His nose is weird. It like, looks good. like... Bowser has a proper nose. He doesn't have like a just a pointy horn nose.
0: He sort of looks like Bowser wearing a gimp mask. Yeah. Gimp Bowser. <laughs> with his turkey... T- Army.
1: with his turkey man yeah
0: yeah
1: yeah that's that's disturbing but all of the other adverts there's one for Mr. Bubbles but which I wasn't well, a, a brand I wasn't aware of
0: two of my pages are stuck together they uh, they've uh, luckily it's the only advert pages but they're actually connected um, on the edges so I can't actually read Mr. Bubbles oh well there's a little I comic can see where it
1: about, is. there's a comic strip about Mr. Bubbles it's um, like
0: an Archie comic as well
1: yeah, it's like a proper little lesson. Um, spoilers for you, in case you never, in case you wanted to read this in the future, yeah. and you're gonna get a scan or something. But um,
0: basically, oh, I just can't hack it, and I'll yeah. wake up in the middle of the night and a pair of scissors hacking <laughs> yeah. away.
1: Well, Mr. Bubbles, it's his adventure here is called Tub Tales, and there are some kids. Um, the little girl is building like like a snowman out of mud, and the boy is um, sailing a little boat, and there's a dog. It says, you two have had so much fun getting dirty. It's home and a bath for you two. Um, and then the kids are like, hooray, bath time with Mr. Bubbles is so much fun. We can't wait. And their mother is very confused by this. She has like a like a Metal Gear question mark if like have seen <laughs> Solid Snake's footprints. Um, and then the kids are there splashing about in the bath. Um, the dog is in – actually, only one of the kids is in the bath. And the dog is there, and Mr. Bubbles is like a big – amorphous bubbly blob and says mr bubble makes getting clean almost as much fun as getting dirty and even after the bath mr bubble is still fun and you can order their t-shirts and sweatshirts or watches today so i don't
0: i'm not sure i like the sounds of this to be honest
1: yeah he's a he's a, he's a I can't a, see it but he's a big sinister pink bubbly face and apparently yeah, in 90 19-
0: around baths in your bath no. with your kids
1: with and dogs and um you could have it if you lived in 1989 america i imagine you could have mr bubble apparel you could get a um a t-shirt for 3.95 or in adult sizes 4.95
0: <laughs> would you want even as a kid would you want everyone to know what bubble bath you used
1: Oh man I, now i've seen this thing um I don't know. One. Yeah, like if if any if any listeners want to send in if you have a Mr. Bubble t-shirt or sweatshirt um I think of some type of prize.
0: Um but that brings us around happily to where people might be able to find you if they want to after this episode. Uh,
1: indeed. So people can find me either at Horde Comics on Twitter, where we do, where we just released our first um, horror comic anthology, or our website where you can actually buy a copy um, at www.hordecomics.com. It's very good. Yeah.
0: I read it the other day. Oh, yeah, it's good thank fun.
1: you. Thank you. Uh, the, yeah. the physical copies arrived today, so I've got... Nah, it's always a good
0: feeling. I've got...
1: Yeah, I've got the copies in hand, and I'm going to have a thrilling weekend um, getting things ready to put in the post. And then... Um, As well as that, you can follow the rest of my other writing bits and bobs that I do. Um, My own Twitter is at SuperMBT83. I've done a couple of audio stories that the folks over at Hawk and Cleaver, you'll find them on Twitter at the same place, have put out as well on their other stories podcast. Um, Always fun doing stuff with those guys too. So yeah, that's about it.
0: Cool. Um, Just uh, to uh, make you... Happy guest as you leave. If you go on eBay and look for Mr. Bubble t shirt, there's loads of options.
1: No way. You're well set. Well
0: so guess what I'm wearing actually... next
1: time I go to a con <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, if people would like to find me on the internet then I am Gareth A. Hopkins. Uh, my Twitter pseudonym is Gerthink, which is spelled G R T H I N K. I'm also, to okay, think, on Instagram, and I have some sort of shoddy half-exposed presence on Facebook is going as well, and I um, have uh, a comment to say, shop. if you have listened to this all the way to the end, then you may as well go and give this a nice start with your iTunes, and uh, I believe it will help, under help of my fans, search for iTunes to find it, They're it won't help. Nobody would go on, onto iTunes and type Alpha Flight unless their only point was to find out if other Alpha Flight podcasts existed. I think that's the only reason why you would, isn't it? Uh,
1: come on, you've got you've, you've got to get behind it now. We'll make Alpha Flight the biggest thing in the world. Come on, if, if Marvel <laughs> tried it within humans so long.
0: Well, yeah. I, I uh, Sorry, this is a sort of aside. I googled Alpha Pod Flight to see if it had made an, an effect on the internet anyway. And it's been added to a directory, like a wiki directory of um, comic podcasts. And there is absolutely fucking shitloads of comics podcasts. Like you think there's a lot, but there's really a lot, a lot. And I am this show is the best, shiniest, tiny, tiny, tiny (laughs) pebble in the lake of comics podcasts. Um, But if people
1: were browsing, just imagine that you made a good choice here because. Obviously covering Alpha Flight, if someone was on some insane mission to give all of the comics podcasts a go, if they're going through alphabetically, they're gonna to come to you quite early.
0: Yeah, that's right actually. Maybe I should spell it yeah. A A L P H A. A Alpha Flight official.
1: Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Grammatically um, correct, but you could you could get away with it.
0: Yeah, is yeah because an Alpha Flight podcast yeah. would come after Alpha Flight podcast. Yeah, just have
1: to call it a <laughs> a podcast. Oh no, a podcast. Yeah. Oh damn it!
0: No. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, I'm gonna have to call it. Uh, thank you very much for coming on, Andy. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully, this one has saved. I'll be able to find out once the call is finished. Um, and yes, hopefully, people listening will join me on another episode of Alpha Pod Flight.